Football systems check. Microphone. Check. Record enabled. Kate. Check. Michelle. Check. All systems go. I repeat, all systems go. We got a problem. We got a Copy. We have ball blast. I repeat, we have ball blast. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. You know, you're kind of the talk of the town. Oh, this is going to be good. I'm Michelle Maju. And I'm Kate Maju. And we're married to each other. And this is the Ball Blast NFL Podcast. Each episode, we will feature the latest top news in the NFL and what it means for fantasy football, sports betting, and you, the NFL fan. Welcome into the Ball Blast Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Michelle Majuk. I'm joined by my lovely wife, Kate Majuk. We're married? We are. Shocker. I know. We're not sisters, which many people believe. Cry, cry. Cry, cry. But we do have a lot in common. We do. (laughs) One of those things is fantasy football. We both love fantasy football. We do. Is that why we're here? You know what I don't love? I don't love the prospects of week seven being Mm -mm. a good NFL week or a good fantasy week. I've never enjoyed uh, creating rankings less than my entire life in any given week in in football. I really don't remember there being this gross of a week. We have six teams on by, right? And then we also have so many injuries, particularly to the running back position. So we're going to go through our positional rankings, as always. We'll talk about the injuries at each position and some guys you might be able to play instead this week, stream off the waivers. We'll really dig into that with running backs. But I really did just want to point out, I think this is the week, like, if you have two running backs, that's all you need. Like, only play a running back in your running back one and RB2 spot. Right. Like there's it's very unlikely that you have three running backs that you want to start. I think this week I actually like a lot of wide receivers this week. I think this is a week you plug in these wide receivers with higher ceilings into your flex spots and just start the two that whatever your maximum or the minimum you need to start for running backs is this week. It's interesting because I think like obviously, like you mentioned, you have the injuries, but also like the top the best running back matchups are going to players that you're already firing up as top running back options like there's not a ton of sleeper potential at the running back position it's not just because so much of like do you fall into the end zone or not and that's really hard to predict but we'll try our best but first let's hop into quarterbacks here I mean, I thought for a second I copied in the same rankings because I copy in my rankings and I go to yours and I copy them in. And looking down the list, it is kind of wild how similar we are all the way down. So usually we have some pretty significant shakeups. Yes, we do. But at quarterback, so notable guys on by a this week are Dak Prescott, Joe Burrow, CJ Stroud, right? And then we're dealing with an injury, a huge injury to Justin Fields with the dislocated thumb on his throwing hand. He's out this game. Deshaun Watson, we have no idea if he's still going to play with that shoulder injury. I bet anybody cares. I mean, at this this week, though, against the yeah, Colts, you this, would care. Yeah. But unfortunately, we don't know what's going on. And do you feel good playing him with the shoulder injury? Probably not. You have Trevor Lawrence dealing with a bit of a knee issue, but he says he's down to play on Thursday night football. So it sounds like he's okay. Not necessarily someone you want to play for fantasy, but that's great for like Calvin Ridley and Christian Kirk and Evan Ingram, right? And then Josh Allen popped up with that shoulder injury, but he said he's good to go. But just keep an eye on those. When we're looking at the top here, I mean, these six guys, we don't even need to talk about. If you have them, you are thankful and you are starting them without even a question. It's Josh Allen and Jalen Hurts and Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson and Justin Herbert and Tua Tagovailoa against the Eagles this week. Like those six guys, I'm not saying they're all going to have amazing weeks. I'm sure one of them will, at least one of them will not meet our expectations but if you have them on your roster you are starting them and you're happy because the rest of the quarterback rankings are really just a crapshoot because a i the one guy i thought wasn't a crapshoot was jared goff i have him as my quarterback seven 
Now it is a yeah. road game, and typically Jared Goff on the road is a no-go, right? But he did finally have a good road game last week. Woo! It is against the Ravens. They have been good against fantasy quarterbacks. You have him down at quarterback 12. So that is like pretty much our biggest difference this week in our quarterback rankings. So the reason why I'm okay playing Jared Goff and I have him at seven is because a, when we talk about the other quarterbacks, I feel much better about Jared Goff as a NFL quarterback. I think he's much better than these guys. But also no David Montgomery, right? And I do think that's huge because so much of Jared Goff's poor performances on the road, it's not that the Lions are scoring all this much fewer points on the road compared to home. It's that so many rushing touchdowns are getting, you you know, they're getting into the end zone with rushing. I think with no David Montgomery, I do like Jameer Gibbs this week, but David Montgomery is a guy that's going to steal so much of the work, so much of the touchdowns without him. We saw it last week. I mean, he had a good road game. And that's very not like him. <laughs> and I, I'll say with the matchup against the Ravens, I'm really not. I don't think we know yet if the Ravens are a good pass defense or a good defense against quarterbacks. I mean, A, they played C.J. Stroud in week one in his first ever NFL game. And C.J. Stroud was on the road. Week two, they played Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow had a fine game, but also that was before he became yeah, like that was still when, before he looked like Jober. Yes, exactly. And then after that, it's been Gardner Minshew, Kenny Pickett, Dorian Thompson, Robinson, and Ryan Tannehill slash Malik Willis. Like, yeah, of course they have allowed a lot the fewest fantasy points to quarterbacks. I mean, they've played literally nobody. But I also think this is just generally a good defense, and I do think that this is yeah. a defense yeah. that's been getting healthier as the weeks go on. Like. Week one for the Ravens on both sides of the ball, it was just like the longest injury report of all time. But they're starting to get healthier, and I think that, that that's a factor here. But I I also just, you know, again, those those home road splits, they're a little bit better than they were in I mean, years they're, past. Though they're still really bad this year. But they're still the bad. Size. Like just you, under 23 fantasy points per game at home, just under 16 on the road. Like – he 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 doesn't um have that same ceiling on the road unfortunately um i you know i i know he had a good week in week 6 against the bucks i think that's a better matchup than you're going to get against the baltimore ravens especially on the road i think the the environment at whatever that field's called mnt mnt yeah. bank mnt mm-hmm. bank yeah much more hostile environment, I think, than the Tampa Bay Buccaneers home field. I just think if you don't have one of those top six guys, you probably – I think Jerry Goff is your next best bet. With the weapons he has, Amon Ross, Hame Brown, and Sam Laporta, and now even Jamison Williams, he's there to have those big, huge plays that we saw last week. Like, I, I just – I'm okay playing him. Yes, I'm tempering my expectations, but I am okay playing him. And to and, be clear, I have him at QB12. That's still yeah. – quarterback one but yeah i'm but tempering I, expectations. so we have a difference so these next group of guys are going to talk about you all ha- you have them all ahead of jared goff and i have them all right behind jared goff so i'm still ter- starting jared goff over these guys but after that you may be able to find all three of these guys on your waivers maybe maybe not but sam hall maybe he's not there because he's been no michelle Sam Howell is available in almost 60% of both Yahoo and ESPN leagues, which is straight up disrespectful. What are we doing, folks? Yeah, well, so we'll talk about Sam Howell. So he gets to play at the Giants. And then there's Geno Smith at the Cardinals and Jordan Love at the Broncos. Or I don't know if it's at the Cardinals. I think it's a home game for Geno Smith. But this is a group of guys that you may be able to find on your waivers and get to choose between. And I think if you don't have one of those top six guys or Jared Goff, in my opinion, your best bet is to go with one of these three guys, right? Now, Jordan Love, he was really good at the beginning of the year, but after his really terrible week five performance and then he had a bye week, there is a shot he was on waivers. Well, and to be clear, like he was so good because he was so hyper efficient in the in the start of the year has not been great in terms of his completion percentage like the reason he was so highly ranked to start the fantasy season was because of the touchdown yeah his touchdown percent was insane I do think though in this matchup against the Broncos he can score three touchdowns right he can but will they need to throw the ball a ton 
don't know. It all depends on how healthy Aaron Jones is. But yeah. we'll talk about him later. Yeah. I, I am fine playing Jordan Love. I do think my favorite out of this group is Sam Howell. Howell has hit at least 18 fantasy points in four of the last five weeks. And that's in a four-point pass touchdown scoring format. So even more than that, if you're in a six-point league, the only thing holding back Hall from like really being a great quarterback, not just like for fantasy, but also in the league, is the number of sacks he's taking. And that's the biggest concern. And it's not on the commander's offensive line. Like Hall's holding on to the ball too long. Like that is the biggest thing for sure. But when he's not pressured, he is fantastic. Completing nearly 70, 72% of his pass attempts. He's thrown eight of his nine touchdowns on dropbacks without pressure this year. And guess who doesn't? cause force a lot of pressure the new york giants they are lying uh they're actually forcing the third lowest rate quarterback pressure rate in the nfl this season per next gen stats so i think this is a matchup sam howell can just have a really nice game sam howell has been a top 13 fantasy quarterback in all but one of his games this season back-to-back weeks each of the last two weeks he's been a top six quarterback the passing volume is a hundred percent there the the yardage production a hundred percent there where you would like to see him maybe excel a little bit more is in the the touchdown production um because i do think a lot of that that fantasy you know scoring is tied to volume like he can play better just to be clear um he can take fewer sacks that's gonna obviously keep them in possession of the ball longer like all of those things matter but sam howell like he should not be available on your waivers, uh, no. period. Yeah. And he is, probably. Yeah, he definitely. Unless you're in a league with me. I think I've, he, I've, no. I think he's a great play. Geno Smith is purely just a, he has a nice matchup, so I'm going to plug him in. I mean, he hasn't been doing really anything for fantasy whatsoever this year. And also, I'm a little worried that against the Cardinals, that kind of, the only they just need Kenneth Walker to just run the ball. So I don't love the Geno Smith play, but I do have him ranked as a top 12 quarterback this week just because of how gross it is. I would rather start Sam Holland. I'd rather start Jordan Love. And then maybe even Matthew Stafford, although I do think he'll get a lot of passing yards. But at the same time, I could see him turning the ball over once or twice. But we'll get to his wide receivers later, Matthew Stafford's. Two guys in a kind of a brutal game, in a brutal situation. It's Monday Night Football. Vikings first. This should have been like the game of the year. Yeah. Well, eh. no. Well, well no. Okay. But it should have been a great game, right? Should have been the game of the week. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. Vikings versus the 49ers on Monday Night Football. Now, Brock Purdy put up a big stinker last week, and so did Kirk Cousins, right? Brock Purdy went up against that really tough Cleveland defense in Cleveland. Kirk Cousins couldn't get it going against a weaker Bears defense. Are we like are either of these guys playable? Because Kirk Cousins has to now go up against the 49ers defense, who's one of three teams to allow fewer than 10 fantasy points per game to the quarterback position this year. Also the Ravens and the Bills. Cousins has scored fewer than 10 fantasy points in two of the last three games, including last week, his first week without Justin Jefferson. He only had that one passing touchdown when he had multiple every other game. This is a primetime game. We know cousins, uh, cousins of the Vikings struggle in prime time. Oh, would you rather start Kirk Cousins or Brock Purdy, who might be without CMC and Debo in this matchup? I'd probably stick with Kirk Cousins, and that is maybe more so a volume play. Um, through six weeks of the season, Cousins leads the league in pass attempts, completions, um, second in passing yards. Like even despite the fact that. Week six was his lowest performing week as a fantasy quarterback. It was his fourth highest PFF passing grade literally since last year. Um, like he he ranks as the overall QB nine in fantasy points per game. I think like the passing volume there is not going to go away based on the efficiency of their run game here. And I think that, you know, even if Brock Purdy doesn't have CMC or D, like they, they find that 49ers find ways to keep themselves in games always. I think, you know, they're not going to be able to run here. I think they're going to have to pass. I'm going to give Kirk Cousins the edge here just 
purely based on volume. I think I'd go with Brock. It's not a bad matchup for Brock. It's not like, it, you know. Yeah, it, it's a, actually a really nice matchup for Brock. The issue is Brock's splits with CMC on and off the field are pretty drastic. The splits with Debo Samuel on and off the field are pretty drastic. And now you might not have either. And the best case scenario is that, you know, these guys are limited in playing. But he still has Brandon Ayuk. God forbid, like, can Kyle Shanahan actually allow George Kittle to be a part of the passing game? He still has other weapons. So I, I think if I had to choose one in this matchup, I'd go with Brock, but it is close. I'd rather not play either and go with Jordan Love or Sam Howell, but if you need to, those are deeper guys there that you can go with. Moving on to running backs. Let's get into our running back rankings because this is the grossest position of the week. They nasty. It, by far. Like, it, it's going to be tough out there for people, Okay. Here's some notable guys on by. It's Tony Pollard and Pre- uh, Brees Hall, Joe Mixon, Derek Henry, Damian Pierce, Chuba Hubbard. So all those guys are on by. You can't play them. And then you have these guys that just dealt with an injury that could be out. Christian McCaffrey, David Montgomery, Kyron Williams. They're all going to miss this. Well, CMC could play, but. David Montgomery and Kyron Williams are definitely going to miss this week, it seems like. Jameer Gibbs still limited sure. with a hamstring injury. Missed two of the last uh, – or each of the last two games. So, like, I get he's limited. You know, probably should play. Will he be super effective coming off a hamstring injury? We know that's sort of a – that's a tenuous injury. Like, yeah. nobody wants to have a hamstring injury. Well, and then even – I mean, a co- – we already had these injuries that we're dealing with, but James Connor and Devin Achan still out, Khalil Herbert out. So <laughs> running backs are Why getting, do we play this game? Running backs are getting very, very, very thin. Now I'll say like there's ten running backs this week that I feel really like solid. Like if I have them, I'm like, cool. Like at least I have a guy that I know is a workhorse back. And that's including CMC in this top 10, by the way, if he does play. If he plays through the pain or he's able to play. But besides CMC, if he's not able to go, it's it's Austin Eckler and Kenneth Walker, Raheem Mostert, Josh Jacobs, Alvin Kamara, Bijan Robinson, DeAndre Swift, Travis Etienne, and Saquon Barkley. And maybe we throw Aaron Jones in there if he's fully healthy. Those are he the seems fully healthy, by the way. Those are the guys I feel like cool. You're obviously plugging in. There's not much to talk about. Like you, you feel really good about them because they're great players and they're mm-hmm. great fantasy players. Right. Yeah. After that, it gets disgusting. But you, I did <laughs> want to hit on Aaron Jones really quick because you have him at five. I have him at 11. So I'm saying clearly start him. He gets to play the Broncos. Look, what's going on with his injury, though? Right, because he's hasn't really played at all since week one. I mean, he played a little bit in week four, then didn't play in week five. Now there's a bye. What's going on with him? Can we trust that he'll make it through a game? I think we can at this point. I think the bye week definitely helps, and I'm feeling a lot more comfortable. He missed a game. Um, was kind of a surprise, like inactive for that game with the hamstring injury. But um, you know, in week one. Let's not forget against the Chicago Bears, the other most terrible defense in the world, um, posted twenty six fantasy points. Like, had an absolute monster day. Any, yeah, like this was a a absolute feast. We know, like, we saw some improvement. I think from AJ Dillon in Week Five, but largely Dillon's been pretty ineffective on the season. And you know, I think. You know, Aaron Jones, you're you're gonna count on him to get a little involved as a receiver. You're gonna trust him to probably get in the end zone if he plays a full game against the Broncos. Forget about it. Like this is a team that's allowing just under 36 fantasy points per game to opposing running backs, over 200 scrimmage yards per game to running backs, two scrimmage touchdowns per game to running backs. Oof. And I would not count Aaron Jones out for both of those. In, I, yeah. I just I, – I have him ranked I, – I do. I probably have him ranked too high, especially coming off an injury. But his report uh, – and, you know, I, I feel like sometimes you can't trust coaches, but he says he feels like he's 100%. Like he, he seems like he's ready to go. Um, yeah, I'll, 
I'll take Aaron Jones. He's my RB5 on the week. I might have to move him up. After those top 10 guys that I just talked about, I do have, so I have Aaron Jones 11, and then I have Jameer Gibbs 12. You have him at 13. Now, obviously, you have to keep an eye on his practice reports. If yes. it looks like he's not going to be able to play or he's going to be limited, then we're going to change this up, obviously. They don't have any other running. Like, yeah, they like- literally just need a body out there. <laughs> So <laughs> Craig Reynolds right now, I guess, but like, I'm not excited no, about him whatsoever. He's been out with a toe and hamstring injury. Oh, great. So literally it's Jameer Gibbs or bust for that. The, they don't have any other running backs. I will say, you know, Gibbs has been kind of, di- not kind of, has been disappointing this Very year disappointing. With where you took him. But in the one game that Montgomery did miss that he played in week three, he had 17 carries for 80 rushing yards. So he had a nice game then. It wasn't a huge fantasy day because he didn't get into the end zone, and that was like the one game he didn't get any targets or many targets. But I do expect the Lions to have to throw more often in this matchup against the Ravens. You would expect it to be a close game. You'd expect the Ravens to put up some points. So with with that, you should get more targets from Gibbs. And I'm – I just I think Gibbs is just a really talented player and there's not a lot of really talented running backs <laughs> when we look at this list of running backs that are options this week. I mean, I get it. Um, but again, in week three, you, you know, you mentioned he got he got plenty of carries, didn't necessarily like blow you out of the water with that efficiency, finishes the RB 24 on the week um, yet to crack the top 20. Or he he's finished as an overall RB twenty. He has never finished better than RB twenty in his four games so far in his career. I I don't love the the situation. I think it's a fine matchup. I don't think it's a great matchup. It's but you're playing. If you you're playing. Him. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, moving on to guys that you're actually questioning whether to play or not, and you're probably struggling with these uh, with these. Uh, you know, answers you have to have. Yeah. Um, Giving me the icks. Who to roster and play if Christian McCaffrey is out? So somehow we're recording this on Wednesday night. Christian McCaffrey had an MRI on Monday. And there's really a very secret MRI. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, there's like nothing coming out about it. I know like there's been some reports that it's kind of just a pain tolerance thing. But like they're being real sketch about giving us this information. So. Let's say Christian McCaffrey is out. Would you prefer Elijah Mitchell or Jordan Mason versus the Vikings? I know I much prefer Elijah Mitchell. I like Elijah Mitchell much more as a player, and I'm going to defer to you here as the resident 49ers expert. If you guys haven't gone and listened to the uh, Gold Standard Network podcast, like you got to go do that. Michelle's on it every Friday. Um, and absolutely crushes it. But I'll defer to you in this argument. I was a little bit nervous about the fact that you saw CMC come off the field. It was immediately Jordan Mason that got the touches. He dominated the snaps for the rest of that game. But it was a, a time where Elijah Mitchell had, you know, just been coming off an injury. So tell me, give us your pitch for Elijah Mitchell because I do feel like maybe I need to – reevaluate some things yeah I mean a Elijah Mitchell is just the better running back he's far more explosive so he offers you a lot more upside when playing him I feel like Jordan Mason you would just be so happy to get like 12 carries for 50 yards and a touch like touchdown like that's his upside and you'll be happy with that but with Elijah Mitchell he actually is a very good running back and what Shanahan has come out to say after this last game that if McCaffrey does miss time, it seems like Shanahan is giving the nod to Elijah Mitchell being the main lead back over Jordan Mason. So he said, Elijah has earned a ton with us over these years. I think Elijah, when he's been healthy, has been as good of a back as there is. He's had a hard time staying healthy, but I can't, but I also can't take away from uh, JP, which he's talking about Jordan Mason here. I mean, every time Mason's got his opportunities, you guys see how he's done. So both of these guys have done very well. Elijah came back and practiced late last week on Thursday. So he only got really one true day of practice. And, and that's why Mason got the first nod once Christian McCaffrey came out of the game. It's so weird to hear these coaches refer to all the players as 
their first names. Their first names. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but we've, he said, but we got two really good players out there. It, it sounds like the only reason Mason was the first guy in got the carries. It's just Elijah Mitchell didn't have enough practice time. We've seen last year, it's Elijah Mitchell when they need him. And the year prior to that, too. Is this his third year in the league? Yeah. yeah. Like Elijah Mitchell, we've Mitchell's seen a job. lot of good fantasy days out of him, so I would much prefer Elijah Mitchell to Mason. Now, of course, Elijah Mitchell could get hurt on his first carry, <laughs> and then maybe Mason will be good. But if Elijah Mitchell is there and he stays healthy all game, I think he will be easily the one that outscores Mason. It's worth noting that this isn't like the give me matchup that it's been in years past against the Minnesota Vikings, who. I feel like in recent years, you've been able to, like, stream your fantasy running backs against the Minnesota Vikings. And not necessarily the case. You obviously can't expect that kind of efficiency that you're going to see from Christian McCaffrey on a week-to-week basis. But ranked 26 in fantasy points allowed to opposing fantasy running backs. So, like, I'm not going to, you know, if Christian McCaffrey were to be out, Elijah Mitchell, you know, probably somewhere around the, you know, low end RB2 to RB3. Okay. I have a much higher than that, but we can agree to disagree. Okay. I have Elijah Mitchell at running back 13 if CMC were to miss. Okay. So I have a much higher. Now moving on to another backfield that's dealing with their top running back being out. Kyron Williams is going to miss, likely to miss this game and could miss a couple more games after that with the ankle injury. This is a disaster to look through. And I, we do want to play someone in this backfield because the Steelers are allowing the fourth most rushing yards per game and allowing 4.8 yards per carry. So, like, they can be run on. We know the Rams really like to just run with one guy. They like to utilize that guy. They've been targeting Kyron Williams. So, like, this is a good spot for a fantasy running back. It's just figuring out who it is. Is it Zach Evans who got the carries after both Kyron Williams and Ronnie Rivers went out last week? It's, he's a rookie, six-round rookie this year. Is it Royce Freeman, who they just promoted from the practice squad? Is it Daryl Henderson, who they just signed to their practice squad? Maybe they promote him, and Daryl Henderson has a ton of history with the Rams, and we've seen him be really good, so I don't really understand what's going on with him. Or, like, Miles Gaskin is there. Who is it? I think that's the key, just figuring out who the hell it is, and one of these guys are going to be good. This is a situation where I don't think we really have an answer just yet. I think we need to monitor monitor be a little bit patient but i would be you know paying some some close attention to the rams beat reporters and and some of their inside sources follow along maybe at, at the athletic they have some really good good reporters there but following along seeing who is getting the first team reps in practice but like you definitely can't rule out daryl henderson i think at this point being elevated from the practice squad Saw this week with Damian Williams uh, taking over work for rookie Amari DiMercato in, in the Cardinals offense after everybody just used their waiver wire priorities, blew all their fab, like, to get this, this you know, presuming starting running back. It, it I will say, I think if Daryl Henderson were to be promoted to the active roster, it's Daryl Henderson, I think, would get the majority of snaps. If he's not, I'll go with Zach Evans. I'm going to right now, like I, when I first did it, right, when I first did my running back rankings, thinking Zach Evans would get the majority of touches. I have him at, like if Zach Evans comes out and gets the majority of touches in this game, I have him at running back 20. I'm going to end up moving him down because I don't know which of these guys is going to get the work. But I do think one of them will have a really nice, like just not nice, but like a really solid game. So as solid as you can get in week seven of the 2023 yeah. NFL season. Let's talk about this Colts backfield because it's our boy, Zach Moss, and he's killing it. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's mm-hmm. killing it, but he's also killing Jonathan Taylor's <laughs> fantasy value. And unfortunately, like, it, it would be great if they could just have good matchups, right? I mean, two weeks ago, it was the Titans. We didn't feel good about playing these guys against Titans because it was a really hard matchup and they're splitting time. And then it's the Jaguars last week, and the Jaguars are actually really, really good at stopping the run. And we saw that last week. Zach Moss still put up points because of the receptions, because of the touchdown. And now this week, it's against the Browns defense. And the next week, it's the Saints. So brutal stretch of games for fantasy running backs here for the Colts. I 
don't know how you sit Zach Moss. I mean, in four of his five games played this year, he's had 21 points, 23 points, 34 points, and 18 points. You don't sit that. And with Gardner Minshew, he is checking down to the running backs nonstop. So that's why I also think you can start Jonathan Taylor. It was Zach Moss who got the goal line carry in the touchdown. Maybe that goes to Jonathan Taylor next week. But I feel like Zach Moss has done nothing to keep himself on the bench. Like the team trusts Zach Moss. I think in this tough matchup, it's going to be a very close scoring game. They're going to rely on Moss to carry the ball. We saw CMC and Jordan Mason each score a touchdown last week against the Browns. So like Jonathan Taylor, you're going to play because – He's Jonathan Taylor, and even though he might disappoint you, you know his upside, right? But Zach Moss, I think, also needs to be in your lineup. Yeah, I'm going to, like, I, I'm i tempering my expectations for Zach Moss a little bit more this week, I think, than maybe you. Um, don't, like, you know, don't love the matchup, of course, but seeing that drop in snap count for – Zach Moss in week six has me a little bit nervous, played a season low, 50% of snaps. You saw John Taylor's snap share increase, you know, it, in response to that, like that, that was um, a, a significant shift compared to what we saw in Taylor's first week back. Now, the thing about Zach Moss, which we've seen, you know, so far this season is that he's actually being able to, to break off runs, which you know, that's not necessarily the the archetype for Zach Moss as a running back, but he's been breaking off runs, 20-plus yard runs in three of five games this season. Can he break one off and and I think it'll be a close game. The They'll get him more carries. You, you play them both. There's no way you have better options. Like, I really just don't think you do. I mean, obviously, if you roster both, I don't know, like Austin Eckler and Kenneth Walker, then yeah, or Raheem Moster in – Josh Jacobs. Yeah, you're playing those guys. But Zach Moss, I think, is a, a really great option this week still. Moving on to two other guys that I think you probably will have to start this week. Um, Jerome Ford, Browns running back against the Colts. He came through somewhat against the 49ers last week. I mean, 17 carries, 84 yards. Wasn't great for fantasy because he didn't get a touchdown, only got two receptions. But against the Colts, you'd expect it to be an easier matchup. Or would you rather go with Roshan Johnson coming back from the concussion? You'd expect him to be back this week. He has a really nice matchup against the Raiders. Deonta Foreman got the start last week in most of the touches, but like he didn't do anything special. No. You would think Roshan Johnson would be the guy. Roshan Johnson's been playing like they haven't even had Deontay Foreman activated when they haven't literally been in a position where they were forced to. Yeah, and I, I just think he's also a really good pass catching back. Like, that's what kind of how they wanted to use him. So with this backup quarterback being in for the Bears, you expect them to be down in this game, maybe have to throw the ball more. And I think that's even better for Roshan Johnson to get some targets. Uh, I, I think Roshan Johnson's a really nice play this week. I'd rather play Roshan Johnson than Jerome Ford just because Kareem Hunt was, like, eating into so much of Ford's workload last week as well. Played and a season also high. stole the touchdown. Yeah, it will not even just stole the touchdown. So he played a season high 30%, 37% of offensive snaps. He was still way less efficient than Jerome Ford. Like there's not a question of, I think, who should get the carries. But the biggest like red flag for me is that Kareem Hunt saw every single one of the rushing attempts in the red zone in week six. There were three. Every single one of them went to Kareem Hunt. He did get a touchdown in one of those red zone attempts. Don't love that Jerome Ford didn't see those opportunities because those are some of the most valuable carries you're going to get. Yeah, and we didn't see him get any reception. If he was getting receptions and targets, that would be one thing. But he got seven receiving yards and two receptions. So you need those touchdowns when you're not a receiver. When you're not getting the receptions, you, you either really need, need him to like break off a run and score a touchdown, yeah. or so if you had know. to order Zach Moss, Roshan Johnson, and Jerome Ford, how would you order them? Roshan Moss Ford. I'd go Moss Roshan Ford. Okay, I'm playing Moss. Stop sitting your boy. I'm you're not being, sitting him. You're being rude. It's a very tough week to sit literally anybody, but, okay, but yeah, I don't sit Zach Moss. Okay. 
All right, moving on to wide receivers. I actually really like the wide receivers this week for the most part. I mean, the middle gets kind of gross, but there's a lot of like flyer options. I really like plugging in this ceiling plays this week in my flex spot. So let's hit on the guys on bye. So these guys, you won't be able to play this week. They have a bye week in, in week seven. It's Adam Thielen, CeeDee Lamb, Garrett Wilson, Jamar Ch- Chase, T. Higgins, Nico Collins, and DeAndre Hopkins. It's a lot of guys that are valuable for fantasy, right? Especially Thielen, Lamb, and Chase. Huge. And then a notable guy coming back from injury. There's not a lot of injuries to the wide receiver position right now. Michelle, knock on wood. Obviously, Justin Jefferson's going to be out. That was huge. He has to be out at least three more games, maybe longer than that. Deontay Johnson, though, is returning from a hamstring injury. We'll talk about that in a little bit to see if we're willing to play him in week seven against the Rams. But looking at the top here at wide receivers, I think we have really great games from these top guys. I mean, mm-hmm. we always do from Tyreek Hill, but Cooper Cup, Stephon Diggs, AJ Brown, Keenan Allen, Amon Ross St. Brown, Puka Nakua, yes, adding him to this group, and Brandon Ayuk, and even Jalen Waddle, like all fantastic plays. There's not really much to talk about there besides Puka Nakua, because there might be some people worried about his game last week. Mm-mm. First bad game of his NFL career. Don't worry about it. Matthew Stafford had only 24 pass attempts last week, only 15 completions. But Nakua still saw seven targets to Cups nine. All of the targets are going to either Cooper Cup or Puka Nakua. Those two have combined for 26 of Stafford's 36 completions over the last two weeks. It's those two, and that is it in the passing game. And that's all you need for fantasy. And the Steelers, I'm sorry, they stink at stopping. Like the yard, they're very much a bend, don't break defense. They need turnovers to stop anybody, but they allow a ton of yards in between those turnovers. They're allowing third most receiving yards per game and fifth most touchdowns per game to the wide receiver position this year. The Steelers have allowed three different wide receivers to have 120 yards and two receiving touchdowns this year. <laughs> Damn. That is so bad. That's and really bad. it would not surprise me at all if Cooper or Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua both managed that feat this week. I don't think they're I, four touchdowns. That's but. totally fair, but I'm going to be as a Steelers fan, as somebody covering the Pittsburgh Steelers, this feels like one of these matchups where this team is going to come off the bye. They are going to be um, maybe playing down to this competition a little bit because the Rams, like, you know the Rams have a great offense, but, you know, I I think still the perception of the Rams has not necessarily caught up to the league. I think the Rams are actually a very good team. Not at all what I expected heading into this season. I could totally picture this being a, a situation where, the Steelers, even coming off a bye, are very ill-prepared for this offense. They're really good coming off a bye. They really are. I'll give them that. They have been fantastic out of a bye over the last handful of years. But I still think Cooper Cobb and Puka Nakua are going to put up a lot of receiving yards. We'll see how many touchdowns there are to go around. But receiving yards, receptions, you play them, they're going to be great. I didn't bring up this quarterback in the quarterback segment with injuries because he doesn't matter for fantasy. But Jimmy Garoppolo is dealing with some sort of back injury that he had to go to the hospital hospital for. It sounds like it was all good news and that he's going to be okay, but in practice Wednesday, I'm not sure he's going to play or not. And they already said that Aiden O'Connell would be the starting quarterback, not Brian Hoyer. If Jimmy Garoppolo has to miss this game, does that worry you about Devontae Adams and Jacoby Myers? If it's Aiden O'Connell, it was not pretty the first time he had to start. No, 238 yards, an interception, seven sacks, three fumbles. Two of those fumbles (laughs) were lost. It was a disaster. Like, it was to the point watching that game where I literally started to pity the man. And I was like, just take him out. Like, just end the game and kneel it out a a million times if you have to because he could not keep taking these hits. It was so brutal. But – Devontae Adams, not super worried, had 13 targets from Aiden O'Connell, really funneled the ball to Josh Jacobs as a receiver, saw 11 targets in that game, 81 receiving yards. Like, And Josh Jacobs is not 
the running back that you yeah. praise for his usage in the receiving game. Where I'm really worried is Jacoby Myers. He and Jimmy Garoppolo seem to have a very solid connection. Only had four targets in his lone game with Aiden O'Connell. 33 receiving yards. I just kind of worry about that connection. Aiden O'Connell, he's young. He's a rookie. I think he's going to go very often to his first read, which is probably Devontae Adams. And then and just then check down to Josh Jacobs. That's exactly open. kind of what we saw. And I don't know that he's going to have time to get to Jacoby Myers. Yeah, that's fair. I definitely like Devontae Adams is in your lineup. It doesn't matter who the quarterback is. But with Jacoby Myers, he's a guy that I've really enjoyed playing because with Jimmy Garoppolo, all he's done is succeed. But with Aiden O'Connell, he is someone that I would be fading quite a bit. So that's the is wide receiver 14 on the season, which I is know. nuts. He's been so good with Jimmy Garoppolo. He's a big fade for me this week. Yeah. Big fade. If Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't play. Yes. Um, DJ Moore is also dealing with a quarterback injury. So Justin Fields is going to be out. I couldn't even tell you the name of the Bears quarterback. I'm not kidding. Trenton, Trenton, something. Um, I don't know. And it He's really, a it's guy. Tangent. Trenton, tangent, tangent. Bangent. Bangent. I don't know. I've been thinking you'd uh, Google it at this point, but you're not doing it. Well, it's kind of fun to watch watch the fumbling. Uh, Tyson Badgent. Tyson Badgent. Hey, I got the first letter of the first name right, and I ended up getting close to the last name. It doesn't mm. matter who it is, right? He's not good. That's, <laughs> that's what we know. So what do we do with DJ Moore? I still have him around wide receiver 20. I don't feel great about that, but backup quarterbacks, as you said, come in and they typically target the first, the top tier wide receiver. So I still think DJ Moore is a playable option. I just don't expect a huge game from him. Yeah, I think, I mean, you play him, you know, the upside is there because like it's not necessarily about, the Raiders the have actually been a pretty good pass defense, though, too. But it's not about the targets he's getting down the field, right? It like his production it's about his has yards been, after the catch. Yes, yeah, so so based on yards after the catch, and it's not necessarily a situation where like you're banking on him to get yards after the catch, but you just know if the ball is in his hands that it's a possibility, and that's why you I I don't think can sit DJ Moore, but again, you temper expectations and. If you have to play him, you're going to look for some high upside flex options. Let's talk about Devonta Smith real quick. All right. He started off the season real nice because he had a touchdown in both games. Mm-hmm. And then in week two, had that 131 receiving yards. After, he really reeled us in. Yeah. After we, I thought he was a big miss of mine because of those first two weeks. I was not high on him. But since week two, he's had under 50 receiving yards. And in four of his six games this season, he hasn't scored a touchdown since week two. He hasn't really been doing all that much at all. I mean, the last two weeks, 1.6 points and 9.4 points in PPR league. And he had 11 targets last week. So that does make me feel a little bit better that in this great matchup, I do think this Dolphins matchup, it should be a super high-scoring game, you would envision. And the Dolphins have given up a lot of fantasy points to wide receivers this season. Stephon Diggs, Adam Thielen, all, and, and even Cortland Sutton and Gabe Davis. I mean, they all had really great games against the Dolphins. So I, I do expect this to be a pretty nice week for Devonta Smith. The only thing to monitor, Devonta Smith is dealing with a hamstring issue. So why is everyone dealing <laughs> with a hamstring? Just take them out of everybody's what, bodies. Just what is concerning is that as of of Wednesday, did not participate in practice. <sighs> uh, could be upgraded throughout the week. Like not not necessarily a, a crazy thing, but Julio Jones signed to the Eagles practice squad. Again, not saying it's a world beater, but signing a veteran wide receiver as you know one of your star wide receivers is managing a hamstring issue misses practice like not necessarily a good sign um so definitely julio jones to play if devonta smith is out fire him up i mean someone else besides aj brown is have to gonna have to do well maybe i mean dallas goddard is also dealing with a bit of an injury but if Devonta Smith were out. I think that would just be the player that I would be hyping up the most. Uh, I mean, AJ Brown is going to be AJ Brown. He's going to be great. Like I'm not even like, 
I don't expect that many more targets to go to AJ Brown if Smith were out because so much of it's already going to him. I think we'd probably see, see Dallas, Dallas Goddard. Yeah. yeah. Maybe a little bit to uh, Olamide Zacchaeus. Maybe Julio Jones. I don't know. Oh, yeah. Keep an eye on that. But if he plays, I do think Devonta Smith will be a really nice play this week. Drake London, Atlanta Falcons wide receiver, started the year not so well. He actually started the year with zero receptions, zero yards in week one. It was brutal. And he didn't do, uh, you know, week three was also another terrible game. But he's been coming along as of late. Week five, nine targets, 78 yards. Week six, 12 targets, nine receptions, 125 yards. And I think in this matchup again, just like his matchup last week, it was amazing against commanders. I think the Buccaneers matchup is really great because they're, they're a hard team to run against. And they're giving up a lot of fantasy points to wide receivers over their five games. Amon Ross St. Brown last week, put up 30 points against them. Justin Jefferson in week one, 24 AJ Brown in week three, 22 DJ Moore in week two, put up 17. Like teams have, I mean, even chase Claypool scored a touchdown <laughs> against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Oh, Mead Zacchaeus scored a touchdown against them. Jamison Williams, Jordan Addison, like allowing a lot of touchdowns to wide receivers. So I think Drake London is one of the better plays this week. Yeah. I, I don't hate it. Um, obviously you don't love the inconsistencies in this Atlanta Falcons passing game, but you, you figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> like that, yeah, I, I think you play Drake London and you know the the floor might be really low, like zero yards <laughs> kind of low, but I think in this matchup you're fine. I really do. You like, should be you you absolutely should be with fine. Desmond Ritter last year in week eighteen against the Buccaneers, London put up hundred and twenty receiving yards. Like I I feel it. I yeah. feel it. What about Jordan Addison? Because we were all very excited to play him last week with Justin Jefferson gone. Right. And it was against the bears secondary. He didn't do a whole lot. He did end up scoring the touchdown, which very much saved his day. Now he has to play against the 49ers and I would expect Trevarius Ward, the 49ers cornerback, their best one by far would be on him. Right. I don't love playing Jordan Addison this week, but also you're playing him. Like, I think that's just kind of the advice we can give. Like, I, 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 tempering expectations. He, I'm not saying the 49ers have given up big games to wide receivers. Like that's a possibility. I just, and Addison showed a propensity for scoring touchdowns so far in his short career. So like if nothing else, you might be able to, to hang on that a little bit. Yeah. yeah I don't think you love it, but you're playing, you're him. probably playing him. Cause I, yeah. it's, Tough sled nut here. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about the Steelers wide receivers real quick. So Deontay Johnson, Ugh. it sounds like he's going to be back this week. Yeah. Uh, got in a full practice in the, uh, on Wednesday. It is. Should he is coming off a hamstring injury, coming off of missing four games on IR. So maybe they bring him back slowly. I don't particularly want to play him in his first game back, but he is someone, if he happened to be on your waivers, hopefully you, you were able to pick him up because he is a top target in this offense. Does this hurt George Pickens in this game, though? I'm going to be honest. I don't really love the matchup for either of them. Yeah, it's and not a great matchup for wide receivers against the Rams. Yeah, this hasn't been a you know a, a hugely fruitful venture for wide receivers against the Rams. Ranked 29th in fantasy points allowed to the position. Um, not great. Like have given up some yardage, but not not a high upside matchup. Yeah, I do think this track. is actually a matchup you can play Najee Harris. <laughs> going to say that with a heavy <laughs> heart, but I, I do think Najee Harris is a play here in this offense. Like, if I had to play one of these guys, I'm still going with George Pickens because of the high. Like he can always – the Browns is a hard matchup, but George Pickens broke off a 71-yard touchdown in that game. Like, he's extremely talented. I'm going there, but I do think in the future, as we get further away from Deontay Johnson's injury, he is going to start to hurt George Pickens in fantasy. So if you're able to trade him away before this week, I might consider that. And then other good flex plays this week. I talked about, I'm really high on wide receivers in in my flex. I don't really want to start running backs unless somehow you have three of those top 12 guys we mentioned. Uh, But good flex plays. A, Curtis Samuel um, is apparently Sam Howell's favorite weapon. 
and he scored a touchdown in each of the last two games. He is getting targeted. He is pretty freaking good. And I, I well, <laughs> he is technically uh, he's scored he's ahead too. He's, that's yeah. what it is. If you're especially if you play in PPR leagues, if you don't play in a PPR league, you're going to need that touchdown because he doesn't put up a ton of yardage. But if you play in a PPR league, he's very safe in your flex spot. So far this season, he is technically outscoring Terry McLaurin. He is outscoring Jahan Dotson. By far. And he is still uh, available in more than 50% of Yahoo. And and I talked about Sam Howell. I think he has a nice game because of the not getting pressured as much by the Giants. This is a great matchup. Like, I fire him up. I have him ranked... On the um, other on the other yeah. side, though, I want to ask who do you like more because I am really, really, really high on Wandell Robinson this week against the Commanders. I love him in my flex spot. Total risk, right? He's very risky. I'm not going to say he's not, but despite missing the last uh, the first two weeks of the season, right, coming off that ACL tear last year, missed the first two weeks of the season. He Wandell Robinson is leading the Giants in receptions this season. He had a season-high eight targets in week six, had eight receptions, 62 yards. No team has allowed more receiving yards, two wide receivers, than the Commanders this year. And it's so incredibly bad. So over the last five games, this is what they've allowed. DJ Moore put up 230 yards. AJ Brown, 175. Drake London, 125. Marvin Mims, 113. And Stephon Diggs, 111. Those were their last five games played. Those are what wide receivers are doing to them. They are destroying them. And that's just a list of the guys over 100. I mean, there's a bunch of guys with 80, 70, 60. Like, I think one of these Giants wide receivers are going to have a great game. And I think you got to go with Wondell Robinson if you're choosing one of them. Yeah, I think that, like, to be clear, I'm not excited about starting any of them. I'm pretty excited about starting Wondell. All right, so you would go with Curtis over Wondell. I think Wondell has a much more higher upside than Curtis. I think that's fair. I think Curtis has a, a safer floor and in a decent up or you know a, a decent matchup. I do I love the the upside here for Wandell. I love the matchup. It's a question about like this is a really bad offense. I you know they're they might not have Daniel Jones. I'm not a hundred percent sure yet if that's a good this, or bad thing. Yeah, I don't, I don't even really know if that's a good or bad point. thing. Cause he had a season. I eight targets with Tyrod Taylor. So yeah, I don't I, necessarily think it's a bad thing. I, yeah, I, I genuinely, I don't know, but either way, do I expect this to be like a, a good game for I do. the Giants? Oh well, no, know. I don't expect it to be a good game for the Giants, but I expect a good game out of Wondell. So I'm playing him this week. Uh, that's kind of my flyer option in my flex spot. And then also two guys that I would uh, – Christian Watson, for sure, I'm playing over either Curtis Samuel or Wondell Robinson. It's not because I think, like, he's definite to put up big points, but he's a big play machine. He has a really nice matchup against the Broncos. And then also Romeo Dobbs, uh, also Packers wide receiver in this Broncos matchup. Romeo Dobbs has scored a lot of touchdowns this year, and I, I think either of those guys are good plays this week. There. And then last two guys, just to hit on super quickly, his favorite dart throws. I mean, these are dart throws. Rashi Rice against the Chargers. Yes. And Lions, Jamison Williams against the Ravens. Two games that should be high scoring, right? Rashi Rice has big playability. We've seen that. And he's kind of seems to be the preferred target uh, among wide receivers, at least around the end zone for Patrick Mahomes. And Jamison Williams now, I think, like, the dude has, like, no receptions in this league, but somehow has like 240 plus yard receiving touchdowns. So now that he's back from the injury, we're a couple of weeks removed. Jamison Williams, he just needs one big play. That's be, be a good play. That's probably our, yeah. all you're going to get. But yeah. yeah, that's all he needs. So that's all he good. needs. So just a dart throw there with two guys as options. Moving on the tight ends. All right, we have our usual suspects at the top. Pretty much the only guys we feel great about playing. It's it's Travis Kelsey and TJ Hawkinson. It's not even like TJ Hawkinson and Mark Andrews are doing that well. They're really. I don't not. mean to brag. Uh, it like I'm kind of getting bold this week. I have Travis Kelsey as my tight end one. Wow, he's getting crazy. I know. Uh, I stupidly put Travis Kelsey as my tight end two or three last week just Idiot. because of the injury. 
And uh, he ended as a tight end one because, of course, he did. Of course, he did. Because he's Travis Kelsey, oh my Michelle. Gosh, I know. Never again. Travis Kelsey just stays at the number one spot. Always. Uh, but yeah, Sam Laporta, TJ Hawkinson, Mark Andrews. You're not questioning those guys. I mean, like I said, Hawkinson and Andrews haven't been the elite plays they're supposed to be with what they cost. They, they just really aren't, but you have them and they're doing enough. So you plug them in. And of course they have super high upside George Kittle. Let's get into him because we both have him. You have him ranked as tight on four. I haven't ranked as tight on five. He has disappeared. Many times this year. I mean, just two of the last three weeks, you've scored fewer than two fantasy points. And that's in a full PPR league. Like, all you need to do is catch the ball twice, and you have two points. <laughs> and he, That's good math. He didn't even do that. Uh, so that's two of the last three weeks has been that brutal. And we know weeks one, less than five fantasy points. Week two, he got three receptions for 30 yards. So depending on what league you're in, it, it sucked either way, right? He's had two good weeks. Week three, he had... Nine targets, seven receptions, 90 receiving yards. And then week five, he had the three touchdowns, only three receptions. I don't. I think it's such a <laughs> that noise that you just made is literally like the. If CMC and Debo are out, or even just Debo's out, I'm happy playing George Kittle. I really am because I, when he got the nine targets and the 90 receiving yards is when Brandon Ayuk missed week three. He needs one of these wide receivers to miss a game for him to be involved unless you get lucky with the touchdowns like you did in week five and putting up three touchdowns on three receptions, which is just wild. It, like, I, I'm having a hard time with George Kittle right now. So, hope like, his entire nature is ups and downs. You know that he's a good blocker. So, like, even route participation ranks – uh, 18th and routes run among tight ends this year. Like you want him ideally for the, the tight end you drafted probably in the fifth round or so to be running more routes than, than, you know, some of these guys that you can find off waivers, but he's not. Um, he has generally ranked as the fourth option as a receiver in this offense. Now, the thing that scares me, you had Debo injured, really early in that game Christian McCaffrey missed the entire fourth quarter that comprises the top two of top four targets in this offense and you still had just two total targets from George Kittle in this game like I think in a credit it was not like the Browns pass rush I think was getting to them and they used him more as a blocker but this was a absolute like critical point right like this was a critical game where they were not comfortable like they it's not like they were comfortably winning right like you would like to ideally see that like in critical situations they are going to George Kittle and they haven't he's averaging just over four targets per game this year which is a career low for him as a starter yeah, I mean, this is the thing with George Kittle. We know how high of a ceiling he has. And if Debo misses, you're pl- I mean, either way you're probably plugging him in. This is the this is why I never ever ever want to draft George Kittle. This is the nature Kittle. of drafting him. Yeah. Yes. Because cool, those huge weeks are so much fun. Like those 27 points that you put up, so much fun. Yeah. But the other 60% of games in a year he destroys you. Like that's who he is. So you, I guess if you have him, you keep playing him, but it's, it's a, just... a crapshoot if he does well or not. If Debo's not there, CMC's not there, or they're limited, like he should have a nice game. Christian McCaffrey and Debo Samuel have combined for 36% of this team's targets and still kill couldn't get it done. I'm just, I, ugh. I think this is the why... whole game plan this week. Kyle Shanahan will game plan around George Kittle more. That's <gasps> if... what I'm hoping. Moving on to other guys ugh. that have disappointed. Darren Waller. Versus Washington. Mm-hmm. Now, I feel like Darren Waller and Kyle Pitts are very, very similar, right? In the way that they're talented guys and they can be used almost as like wide receivers, but they don't get utilized enough and they get ignored at times. They'll have some games that are good, that are decent, but they don't have a super high ceiling either because they don't score a lot of touchdowns. I mean, Kyle Pitts scored his first touchdown of the year in week six. Darren Waller has yet to get into the end zone this year. Which of these guys do you feel better about? Is it Darren Waller against Washington or Kyle Pitts against the Buccaneers? They're both team defenses that 
it's harder to run against, easier to throw against. Do you feel good about either? Or would you just go with Jonu Smith? Because he's been like pretty consistent. Oh, Jonu Smith, the tight end eight on the year yeah. that nobody like is available in pretty much every single fantasy league. Like how like, everyone was so excited about Kyle Pitts week last week because the touchdown, he scored 14.3 points in PPR league. Jonu Smith scored 13.6. I mean, John o. Smith is the one that has scored over 10 fantasy points in each of the last three games. I mean, yeah, the John o. Smith has been the much more consistent player, which is so scary. Um, but yeah, tight end eight on the season. He has finished as a top 15 tight end in each of the last four weeks. Again, and finished as a tight end three in week four and the tight end four in week six. Yeah, that's pretty dang good yeah I, I mean if i had to choose out of these three guys i'm choosing john smith out of these options i do think you probably like if you don't have one of the top guys and you roster darren waller or kyle pitts you have to start him but there's a chance john smith might still be out in your waivers for whatever reason I don't like know i people... said he is available in the majority of fantasy leagues right now yeah and john it's smith literally... is, should be rostered and he should be played over these underwhelming guys if he had any other name <laughs> uh, he would probably be rostered available in 63% of ESPN leagues, 66% of Yahoo leagues. That is wild. the tight end eight. On the the issue is I have Travis Kelsey in pretty much every league or mm-hmm, TJ Hawkinson. Mm-hmm. So that's why I'm not picking up Johnny Smith, but yeah. it's not really an issue. It's fantastic. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Evan Ingram, if you have him, it's an unfortunate matchup against the saints, but you're probably playing him again. I think I'd rather go with Johnny Smith over Evan Ingram this week. If you have that chance, but I don't think Evan Ingram is the worst play Dallas Goddard. We both have ranked high this week. He has only had one good game, but if Devonta Smith is dealing with an injury and this high scoring matchup, he has really high upside. And then from there, right? I, I think your one option off mm-hmm. waivers mm-hmm. is Luke Musgrave. Yeah. He, we both have him as a top 10 play this week against the Broncos. He be in week five before the Packers buy, he had seven targets in week four. That's when he left the game early with, I think it was a concussion and yep. week three at eight targets. So he's being utilized. We, we see his usage increasing as his rookie season progresses Great matchup against the Broncos. They allowed Cole Komet to put up 27 points. Travis Kelsey, who does this every week, but 22 points. <laughs> Tyler Conklin even had 11 points. Logan Thomas had 10 points. Like, I think you're going to get a 10-point game at least out of Luke Musgrave this week, and that's pretty much all you can ask for. Yeah, like in terms of opportunity, that's been there. He just he needs to start scoring touchdowns, which yeah, Denver is – I guess if you're going to like bank on a a time to score touchdowns it's going to be against that defense which can't stop like we say we give the data right we say Denver ranks blank in in giving up fantasy points to XYZ position they're pretty much giving up a league high x amount of points to literally every single position yeah because they suck and they're really bad at defense um so yeah light light up literally everybody against the denver broncos would you rather play luke musgrave or do you fat pat Fryermuth seems like he could be coming back this week for the steelers mm-hmm. full full practice participant so would you rather go with luke musgrave or pat Fryermuth? musgrave do you feel good about playing Fryermuth this week i think he is a fine streaming option if he's available in your league he's still rostered in like 70 percent of fantasy leagues right now i'm sure people just just held him on ir but yeah he hasn't been doing anything really no it Um, comes down to the touchdown or not and i think that's what it comes down to this week as well if he gets a touchdown you'll be happy if not he probably won't do it very much at all but we mentioned you know the rams have not been a a defense that's giving up a ton to uh, you know opposing wide receivers they did allow this big breakout game for Dallas Goddard, which, like, you had been uh, posting missing person posters all over <laughs> your fantasy league neighborhood for Dallas Goddard, and that big breakout game came against this defense. So, yeah. like, there is, I, I think, an uh, opportunity for maybe the Steelers to game plan around that and get him more involved because 
that's been like something that I think this offense is missing. You have one of the better receiving tight ends in the entire NFL right there in your lineup. And the, the Steelers just haven't utilized him. A lot of that comes from the fact that they don't target the middle of the field a lot. They target the sidelines and, and I can't even that's, talk to you. I, yeah, I don't even want to talk about the Pittsburgh <laughs> yeah. Steelers, but that's been like the issue. And I think that's been, you know, where Friar Muth's lack of usage has come from just because they're not utilizing the middle of the field that heavily. And if they get him involved, I think it's a fine matchup. Yeah. I, I do think I would rather play Frymouth than a guy like Tyler Higby or Hunter Henry. Mm-hmm. I, I don't even know if they're Hunter Henry is not playable until we see his, he actually gets any targets. He started off the season. Great. Not for a long time now. And he's also dealing with an ankle injury. So he's just out, but Tyler Higby, I mean, he, without Cooper cup, he was a really viable fantasy option with Cooper cup back. He's not, as I brought up before, 26 of Stafford's 36 completions over the last two weeks have been caught by either Cooper Cup or Puka Nakua. That means there's five receptions per game to go around to the other Rams weapons. Like, and we, we've seen that really destroy Tyler Higby's value. Tyler Higby, two receptions each of the last two weeks, 20, recep- 20 receiving yards, 18 receiving yards. Like, he's just not playable. Uh-uh. Yeah, unfortunately. And then Michael Mayer for the Raiders. He's a rookie tight end. I know he had a breakout game in week six. And, I mean, the last two weeks are the only times he's really done anything at all. He had two receiving yards before week five. The thing that's encouraging is that you have seen his snap count increase every single week since week two. Yeah. But with Aiden O'Connell, I really don't no, want yeah, trust, you don't trust Michael Mayer. No. It's interesting, a guy to just keep an eye on, but I really don't want him to plug him in this week unless I desperately, desperately have to. Yeah, I would plug him in probably ahead of Higby, but out of all the tight ends that we've talked about, um, he'd be second to the, the last on the list here. Agree. All right, that's it for today's show. I'll have out my Fire and Ice article uh Thursday morning on thegameday.com. Keep an eye out for that on Twitter. I'll post it there. I also have my top sells of the week in trade for trade for low on NFL.com. That comes out on Friday. Kate, what can people look out for for you? Yeah, I've got my weekly uh, in case of emergency flex play waiver wire pickups uh, over at Pro Football Focus coming out on Friday. And on Thursday, we've got fantasy busts. Busts and fades. Uh-oh. Keep an eye out for that, guys. Hit us up on Twitter if you have any other questions. You can find me, Michelle, at Bob Blastem, Bob Blast E-M. And you can find me, Kate, at Kate Maju. Bye, y'all. Bye. <laughs>